out there in podcast land. Thank you so much for tuning in to Combat Sports with Rhino, your first, best, and only all-encompassing combat sports show. We talk boxing, we talk MMA, we talk kickboxing, we talk Muay Thai. We are just in the thick of it, and we are coming off of last night's both incredible and shitty all-in-one UFC 248. On today's show, we have not only our breakdown of last night's What Happened, but a fantastic interview with the very polarizing, very charismatic, very cool heavyweight from the now the newly signed Aries Fighting Championship, Juan the Kraken Adams. So stay tuned for that a little bit later on in the show. Let's go ahead and dive right into our UFC results. Uh, all, full disclosure, I went 6-3 and three last night. I knew when I started out 4-0 and oh on the prelims, and I even tweeted it out and it got a lot of responses, that I knew I was not going to have a perfect main card pick. So let's go ahead and get started. Uh, first off, we had Alex Cowboy Oliveira versus Max Griffin. Uh, Alex out of Brazil, Max out of Sacramento. This was a split decision, and you know what? This was the right call. I, I picked Max. I wanted Max to win. I thought Max was going to win. Max definitely won the first round. He used his range. He had some nice shots. He had a couple nice, you know, incidents on the ground. Second round was kind of just the reverse. Alex Oliveira was the one who was using his teeps, was keeping him Max at length and landing more shots. He landed a beautiful uh, uppercut that hit Max in his right eye, cut the eyelid wide open. Doctor had to check it. He was good to go. Um, I don't know how much of a factor that played in the third round, but the first part of the third round, Cowboy took Max down, implemented some ground and pound. Max courageously was able to reverse it and get on top, but he he really didn't do shit when he was on top, dude. Oliveira did a good job keeping him close to the body, keeping him in guard, not letting Max really get off at, at anything of, of note. So, yeah, the, the split decision went to Oliveira, and I thought that was the right call. So, um, Oliveira, I didn't know this about him. I knew <laughs> I knew he had some baby mamas. I didn't realize until later after the fight. Apparently he has seven baby mamas. My goodness, Cowboy. Let's slow it down there, buddy. Um, I don't know what's next for either one of these guys, but it was a good fight. It wasn't great, but it was a good fight. It was close. So uh, moving our way to the next one on the main card, we had Neil Magny versus Lee Jin Liang. Um, yeah, I really had this one wrong. <laughs> I thought Jin Liang was going to be the stronger striker. I thought Neil, with his pretty long hiatus out of the cage, was going to be kind of rusty. I was wrong. I was wrong on every fucking level in this fight. Neil Magny was the goddamn man in there last night. He outstruck Lee. 123 to 16. Let that resonate for a minute there. 123 strikes to 16. As we love to say here at the Combat Sports Rhino Show, one-way fucking traffic. Uh, dude, I don't know if I've ever seen Neil look better. I think Rogan even said the same thing. That was so crisp. He, he has a great reach for the division. He was so crisp on his feet. His punches, he did a great job of getting out of the way because Lee has big power. And... He could get caught, and he took a couple big shots, but for the most part, this was just a a a showcase, if you will, of the skills of Neil Magny, particularly on the feet. So really, really impressive by him. Good on him. He got the unanimous decision by a wide margin. <laughs> Moving on to our third fight in the main card, we have Benil Daryush versus Drakkar Close. This one hurt me the most, okay? There's always one fight or two that I'm the most emotionally invested in. I love Drakkar Close, right? He, he's a Michigan guy. 
I don't always pull for you if you're a Michigan guy, but like I really I genuinely like him. I like the way he fights. He's exciting. I, I really like him. I was pulling for him, dude. It didn't fucking matter. <laughs> Close. He actually landed more shots, more strikes uh, the first round than Benil did, but Benil just seemed more relaxed. He had better timing. And then just at one minute in a round two, he cracks Jakar with a right hand, puts him down and out for the TKO. I'm still very high on Jakar Close, dude. I, you know, you don't need to pour out your Jakar Noir cologne in in remembrance of him because I think he's still going to be around, dude. I, I, you know, I talk more later in the show about what I see next for him, but I'm still really high on him. You know, at 155, I think he could really be a major player as time wears on. So, you know, shout out to Benil Dariush, man. He he's had some terrible losses, some ones that not many people can come back from and look that good, but he did. Uh, I know King's MMA, I'm sure, has a big part in that. So, big ups to uh, Benil for for winning last night. Now, on to our co-main event of the evening. Wiley Zhang defeats his defeated Joanna Young Jacek by split decision, but that does not tell the story of last night. This was, it's rare to see a UFC fight, particularly a championship fight, have two combatants who are that willing to engage, who are going to fucking be in each other's face for five straight rounds. This was the best women's MMA fight I have ever seen. Now that's a big, bold statement because I've watched thousands of them. Joanna with her beautiful leg kicks, with her long jab, and then you had Weili Zhang with her fucking power and her ability to get in her face and stay grinding on her and just boom, big left hook, boom, right hook to the body. Then fucking JJ would come back and she was rocked with a beautiful leg kick and a teep and a punch of her own. It was insane. The amount of heart, the amount of grit, the amount of ups and downs, the blood and guts, the technique. What a fight. JJ actually outstruck uh, Wiley by 196 to 170, but the damage that Wiley was able to put on JJ's face, I think that was a big I think that was a big contributing factor to her winning the fight. Uh, JJ, God love her, you know, she really put it all out there. So did Wiley Zhang. It was razor, razor thin. I don't want to oversell the fact that this was legitimately one of the 10 or 15 best fights I have ever seen. The ebb and flow, the back and forth, everything that I used to describe it was so true. What's next for him? I don't even want to say. I don't even want to be speculating on what could be next for these two. They need to both heal up there, both fucked up. Dana even said it in the uh, the post-fight presser. They couldn't come out. They were both already on their way to the hospital. I mean, that's how gnarly that fight was. I could not be more impressed with both of them, with not only the technique and the skill set, but literally, like I said, the heart and the guts and the intestinal fortitude to do what they did in the cage last night. They did everything that we as fans could possibly ask for and more. I was I was halfway emotional, to be honest with you, at parts of the fight because that's exactly what we wait for, man. That's exactly what we want to see. That's exactly why we... You know, tune in and we pay the money that we pay to watch the fights for two people who are that skilled, who are that athletic, who are that kind of gumption to go at it with each other. It was fucking gorgeous. It was beautiful. I loved every second of it. I, I praise both of you for last night. I really, really do. So good on both of you. Again, that's I think that's the best women's fight of all time. Uh, moving our way on to the main event, which is not going to make any list of any greatest anything ever. Uh, we had Israel, the last style banner at Azanye, versus Yoel, 
Romero. It was a UD for Izzy. As good as the co-main was for fans, that's pretty much how lame the main event was. There were so many droughts of inactivity between both guys. The crowd was booing, man. The boo birds were out from the, from the beginning. Uh, you know, Yoel rocked Izzy in the first round, but for the most part, Izzy's leg kicks were about the only technique that was consistently thrown by either guy. Yoel didn't seem to have any sense of urgency throughout the fight. You know, just look at the striking output for a 25-minute fight. Izzy was 48 out of 132, and Yoel was 40 out of 89. That's a five-round fight. That's 25 minutes. Look back to the number I just said between JJ and Zhang, and you're telling me that that's all these guys could put out? I'm not buying it, dude. Um, it was not a good showing for either guy. I don't want to even talk too much about it. Izzy said in his his post-fight presser that he fought the smart fight. He did everything he needed to do to win, yada, yada, yada. But did you earn any fans? Did your star get brighter? Did you get more people to be like, oh, man, I love Izzy? Because I do. I love Izzy at his IA. I think he is tremendously talented. I like Yoel Romero, too. That's why I wasn't like, you know, I was kind of, going back and forth on this one, but neither of them put together a performance. Now, granted, part of that is because they were following up an act for the ages like we just saw, but not completely, dude. A lot of it was just both of them didn't want to engage. Yoel tried to, you know, say afterwards that it was Izzy's fault. Izzy said, I smart, I fought a smart fight. So to me, both of you needed to engage much more, needed to show some sort of like, we want to give fans their money's worth, right? And they just didn't. So what's next for Izzy is Costa. And we both know me and Dave sitting here right now as we were talking about it. There's no way that Costa has the same kind of layback, kind of bait you in style that Romero does. He's going to come forward. He's going to press the pace. He's going to initiate contact. And Izzy's going to try to counter him. I, plus, there's a lot of bad blood between them. I'm much more looking forward to that fight than what we had last night on display. So, yeah, that's uh, UFC 248 main card. Uh, the two big balls, and I was remiss last week. I forgot to mention my big balls from the previous uh, from the previous prelims. So last night I'm actually giving out two big balls awards from the prelims from last night. A, being Gerald Mershart for taking some humongous strikes from Duran Wynn and coming back and getting the sub. And second big balls award goes to Sugar Sean O'Malley for... I mean, just busting through Keonis, who's a good fighter, tough guy. But Sugar Sean has been out of the cage for two years. It's really hard to come back after that. I know he's young. I know he's spry. I know he's got all the confidence in the world. And he's got that charismatic thing that we all kind of dig about him. But it's really hard to be away from that long and come back and have that kind of performance. So my two big balls go to Gerald Merchart and Sugar Sean O'Malley for their performance in the prelims last night. So we are now, oh, before I get to this, I, from what, what I heard was that Ortega, Brian Ortega, T-City, and uh, the Korean Zombie got into it last night to the point where Brian Ortega smacked the Korean Zombie's interpreter? What the fuck? Seems pretty out of character for him, man. I don't know. I'm going to have to wait to see what the rest of this story unfolds, but a very interesting subplot that came out of last night. Apparently, T-City has smacked the Korean Zombie's fucking interpreter, who apparently is like a he's like a pop singer in Korea or something. You're not even a fighter. What the fuck happened, man? I can't wait to find out the rest. So we are now going to move into our call-in questions. Uh, our first call-in question comes from my homie Shane Tara, and Shane Tara has a great one, and he asks us. Hey, Mr. Rhino. It's your boy, Shane Tara. I'm uh, about to start watching the Phoenix Series 3 for Invicta. 
pretty excited about it. I went and watched all the fights. I love the tournament. I love all the title fight matchups. I think they're all great. And uh, I'm really, really excited to see how this open scoring experiment works out for them. Um, which leads me to my question. Uh, definitely related to that. So what is your favorite Invicta fight of all time? Thank you for your answer. Dude, what a great question. Yeah, I love Invicta. I don't get to see it every single time they have a show. Friday nights are really kind of a different busy time for the old Rhino, but I have seen many a card over the years, and to be honest with you, my favorite one is Rose Nama Yunus over Kathina Katron with the fucking flying armbar, dude. The ultra-rare flying armbar, which is so impressive. It beats out some of the other great fights that I've seen in Invicta. I love that promotion. I've, I've said it at least four or five other times over shows. They, I really want them to be on regular TV. Like you're telling me that with all the different sports channels that we have available on uh, Dish and cable, that there's not one that would want to air a Friday night card of Invicta. You got to be kidding me, dude. Look at the landscape of what else is on TV on Friday nights. Invicta would do great numbers. I know it. They are so fun. So yes, my answer to that is the Rose Namajunas armbar over Kathina Catron for that one. So. Thank you for calling in, my friend. Next question is going to be from, well, we're going to call him the mainstay of our show, the big homie Jim Assoon. Jim, what do you got for us today, sir? I know what's going on, my man. Some good fights there last night, buddy. Uh, close. You're Michigan boy. You'll be doing just fine. It was close, man. He almost had it, but that's a fight game, right? question for you is what do you think what do you think is next for him you know I don't know who's next for him it's only like his second loss so he'd be just fine buddy that's my question for you what's next for your boy close keep up the great work man love the show it's always 420 my main man, Jim Asun. Jim Asun is kind of like, he's almost like my co-host at this point because I just love having him on here so much. He always brings like fire fucking questions. Uh, so what I have for you to answer you on this one, Jim, is I'd like to see Jakar have his next fight with someone that's still close to him in the rankings. Right? I don't think last night's loss to Benil really like slides him down too much. So as looking at the rankings, I came up with three names. Now, don't don't come at me, MMA Twitter, if, if all these guys are already scheduled for fights. I'm not 100% sure on that. But three names I'd like to see him with because even if they are for a close, like a close date from now, there could still be enough time in between Drakkar Close's next fight and their fight. So I came up with Gregor Gillespie as one, Alex Hernandez as two, and Mark Jacasey as three. So those are three very plausible opponents that would keep Drakkar still in his same, you know, level where he's at in the rankings. But if should he beat them, should be able to scale up a few more clicks. So, um, yeah, that's why I'd like to see those three names. So next for Drakkar close for me, I would like to see him fight Gregory Gillespie, Alex Hernandez, or Mark Jacasey. And I think he can win any of those fights. And I really think in the next couple of years, he is going to be a factor at 155. So, Jim, what a great question. Thank you so much. And, yes, it did hurt me a little bit emotionally to watch my Michigan dude go down last night. But I still have high hopes for him. So, uh, our second question is actually a two-parter coming from Dave Fretz, which is uh, at Dave Fretz or at Solo Shoes, S-O-L-E, Low Shoes uh, on Twitter. And he's also on Instagram. And Dave is the Einstein of graphic design, as I like to say. He's working on uh, Mark Coleman's 
deal right now with uh, with his shoes. And man, this dude, fuck it. If you want your shoes put together with some graphic design of the highest, most bespoke order, you are talking about Dave Fretz and that solo shoes. And then his boy Judah, who is the uh, mascot of Combat Sports with Rhino, they both have questions today. So I think we start with Judah. So let's go ahead and play that one, Dave. Hey, Rhino, it's uh, Dave Fretz here at Dave Fretz and at Solo Shoes on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, first, Judah has a question. Hi, Rhino. Do you still have an upcoming fight? And then for me, um, <clears throat> obviously, amazing, amazing night of fights last night. Um, in my opinion, that fight with uh, JJ and, and, and Zhang was probably one of the best, if not the best fights I've ever seen. Uh, if you had to pick a better fight that you've seen, uh, which fight would it be? Judah, hey, buddy. Uh, no, unfortunately, my fight for the 20th did not get approved uh, by the commission. I'm guessing because I've got a lot more fights than on my resume than the guy that I was matched up with. So I think that's what what was the, like, the determining factor as to why our fight did not get approved. Um, but I think what I'm going to do in its stead is I'm going to go – uh, to my gym, the one I've been training at for many years, the training compound, I think I may start doing judo and jiu-jitsu classes and start doing some tournaments there in the meantime. I mean, I've still probably got another year of being, I think, a viable heavyweight for my level, so I, th- I still think I could take at least one more pro fight uh, before I retire, maybe two. But in the meantime, I'm definitely have been really interested in this, and I think it's time to pull the trigger and go ahead and start uh, judo and jiu-jitsu. So that's what I'm going to be doing for the foreseeable future until the discussions for the next fight uh, for pro boxing comes around. So thank you, Judah, my main guy, my my combat sports with Rhino mascot. We certainly appreciate your question, my little buddy. Uh, and then Dave, yeah, last night's co-main was so good. So instead of ranking it, you know, with a specific, I'm just putting it on the list with what I call my violence list. It's one of the best, most violent back and forth wars that I've seen uh, in MMA over my time of watching. So I'm going to add JJ and Wiley Zane to this list where I have Lawler McDonald 2, Shogun and Hendo, Mark Hunt and Bigfoot, Bonner Forrest 1, Tony and Edson Barbosa, Gaethje and Johnson, Colby and Usman, uh, Cyborg versus Melvin Manhoff. I know that's more obscure, but the male Cyborg versus Melvin Manhoff from several years ago. If you want to see the personification of violence, fight fans, check that one out. And also Leonard fucking Garcia versus the Korean zombie from the WEC in 2010. Holy shit. What a thrill ride that fight was. So, uh, all those fights are on the the like the, you know the blood and guts list, if you will, the the war of attrition list, the back and forth list, and I'm certainly putting Wiley Zhang and JJ from last night on that list. So yeah, dude, great question. Thanks so much. Once again, check out Dave at Solo Shoes or at Dave Fretz. The guy is an amazing graphic designer. I'll never get tired of saying it. So that moves our way through our questions today, our call-ins, and now our interview with. Aries Fighting Championships heavyweight Juan the Kraken Adams. All right, everybody here in Combat Sports fans, we are so excited to have our new guest on with us today. We have got Juan the Kraken Adams, the newest signee to the Aries Fighting Championship. Not only is he a pro fighter, but Houston, Texas owns Little Debbie Aficionado, the most badass computer science major in the history of the fighting world. We've got Juan Adams. Juan, how are you today, sir? 
I'm doing good, man. How y'all doing? Oh, we're doing great up here. Actually, for uh, for Michigan, this is actually pretty decent weather. We're in like the upper 40s. It's sunny. We will fucking take it. How's uh, how's things down by your end? Uh, things are great. I came down to Houston for a wedding this weekend. Uh, that was yesterday. So uh, I leave out tomorrow morning right back in the gym. Very cool. Yeah, dude. Everybody needs a break every now and again. Uh, Juan, we're going to dive right into it. Um, I know... I know Aries Promotion is your new, you're the new assignee to Aries. I know they are Belgian based. I don't know much else about them. What can you tell us about uh, the Aries Fighting Championships? So they're uh, actually a, an Afro European one. So um, most of their events are, are going to be in South Africa, Belgium, and uh, France. Um, you know, uh, they have just legalized in France. They will be doing the first ever NNA event in France. Wow. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, other than that, man, uh, there's not really much else to tell. I think they're going to become a, a major player pretty soon. Um, I think they'll be right up there with a one uh, UFC, Bellator, and Risen uh, sooner rather than later, actually. They've signed a lot of UFC vets, a lot of guys with global experience, and, you know, they're the pay is good and uh, looks to be a real fighter-friendly organization. Sure, that sounds great, dude. Yeah, we're all looking forward to that. There's no, uh, there's, there's nothing wrong with having more content as long as it's going to be a top-tier promotion. And it sounds like they're taking care of their fighters. You know, I read an interview with you the other day about how they're taking care of you, and I've read some other stuff. So very cool, very excited to have them on the, uh, on the landscape. Uh, Juan, you made the change over from uh, Houston up to Albuquerque to Chain of Jackson Wink. What have been some of the big changes that have happened, uh, just like skill wise, technique wise, training wise, since the move up to Jackson Wink? Uh, well, you know, training wise, uh, the biggest difference for me is uh, when I was training down here, I could always just kind of decide when to win around uh, whenever I wanted. Uh, down out there, it's not the same. Uh, you know, the elevation plays a really big part of it and also just the the mental side of it. you know greg jackson is very big on pushing yourself not only physically but mentally as well uh coach winklejohn he can i mean i've never seen anyone hold pads quite the same way as him it's not just tiring all the time i mean you always do leave exhausted but you know i can't ever really hit pads for more than 30 30 minutes with him and uh i'm dying you know sure. so uh, that that's one aspect that's different. Also, just being surrounded by killers all the time uh, is different. You always, no matter who you're sparring with, you have to be aware of something. Uh, you have to always, you know, have your guard up and you have to be paying attention because even though a guy's two weight classes below you, he can still catch you with something. There. They, everyone there has their own different uh, tricks or skills and everyone comes from an advanced pedigree of something. Which is which is cool. Yeah, very much. Yeah, you got to stay hyper focused when you're in a Shark Tank, like with some of those guys up there for sure. Um, switching gears for a long time, I've, I've been an LFA stand. I loved the LFA organization, still do. I did prefer it when it was on Access TV. Um, I loved watching you in that promotion. You blitzkrieged through your opponents uh, through the LFA. In retrospect, how do you view your time that you spent in the LFA? Man, uh, it was it was great, man. I'm super grateful for that time they did. Uh, you know, they always gave me the the best guy that was willing to take the fight against me. Um, in hindsight, I kind of wish I had, I had spent a little more time there sometimes because uh, you think about it and, you know, 
my amateur debut was September of 2016. And I made my UFC debut December of 2018. Wow. So, like, two years and three months after my amateur debut, I'm, I'm in the UFC fighting, you know, top guys in the world. Um, so, you know, this is, you know, I've had eight pro fights and I have four amateurs. I've had 12 total fights now. And this is a time where some guys would just be breaking into, you know, probably the national scene. Sure. And I've already, you know, fought international opponents now. So it's, um, you know, it's been a growing experience where most people would take their lumps um, on smaller stages. I just, it happened to me on the, on the biggest stage possible. Right. Um, all right. That, yeah, that's a fucking perfect, perfect answer for that one. Um, all right. Here's a non-fighting question. Uh, like me and like we just talked about before we went on the air, you guys are going to get breakfast tacos. You're a big eater. We're heavyweights, baby. This is what we do. Uh, where in Houston is your favorite place to go? And now being in Albuquerque, where's your favorite place to go now in Albuquerque for like big time eating, dude. For big time eating. Yes, okay. Sir. So, um, my favorite spot, like my go-to eating spot down here is probably Snooze. Uh, it's an AM eatery because you can do clean or dirty there or oh, nice. a combination of the two. <laughs> and it's super affordable. Plus, they've got liquor. So that's, oh. that's how you, you got to do it. <laughs> right. Uh, out, out in Albuquerque, I think my favorite spot is actually a 50-50 coffee shop uh, because, again, they've got, like, alcoholic drinks there also. But they also have, you know, their avocado toast, some of the best I've had ever. And then their Sunday brunch menu is, is phenomenal. So I like that spot. And then the, the place right next to it, Bandito Hideout, is just like Mexican food. and It's amazing. <laughs> oh, that sounds fucking great. I can't wait to get down there. I think I'm going to... Uh... I think I'm going to Albuquerque, not this coming summer, but the following summer for a week. So, yeah, I'll definitely check those places out. Um, Juan, off the, um, one of the attributes that sets you apart from other heavyweights, uh, myself included, because I'm slow and plotting as fuck, is your, uh, is your quickness and agility. Is that something that you always had, or is that something that came from drills over the years? Where do you think your fleet of foot and your agility has kind of come from? You know, I think it's a combination of the two. You know, uh, on my dad's side of the family, um, you know, my dad's the smallest person on his side of the family. He's 6'2". I have aunts that are 6'3 and 6'4 on that side. Um, But my dad got drafted to play baseball right out of high school. Uh, He played three years AAA, then went back to college on a football scholarship. Um, You know, my half-brother played uh, Division I basketball. My cousin played Division One football and played in the CFL and, and uh, had a brief stint in the NFL as well. So, and then on my mom's side of the family, uh, they've all they're all really athletic, slender, slender people. So um, they're much smaller. The sm- the tallest on my mom's side is five ten. Okay. So, um, you know, I got that blend. But you know, as soon as I could walk, um, you know, about a year later, year and a half later. I was playing sports, you know, I've been, I played soccer. Soccer was my first sport. I played at three years old. Uh, I always played up two or three, um, two or three age groups because of my size. And, uh, you know, I just had to adjust from that. So I was already naturally big, strong, fast. Um, but you know, being in drills, playing sports, playing organized sports for so long, um, it just kind of it came with it. The agility came with it. Uh, I did gymnastics actually was my next sport. After that, uh, I was doing gymnastics from the age of uh, six to ten. 
And uh, that's where I got a lot of my balance and things from. Well, yeah, we've definitely seen, especially GSP is the first one that comes to mind as far as uh, using gymnastics to enhance his skill set. So, yeah, I see that as being absolutely part of the reason that for being as big as you are, having that incredible agility that you have. Um, so yeah, you kind of mentioned as well, you, you, you're only eight fights into your pro career, uh, being 28, especially as a heavyweight, you got a lot of prime years ahead of you. Um, how would you like to see the next few years of your career playing out, possibly staying with Aries, a return to the UFC, maybe one of the other big organizations? How do you kind of see the next few years uh, playing out for you, sir? So, uh, for me, honestly, I, I think I'll be with Aries. I've got a four fight exclusive contract with them. Um, you know, if the UFC comes back, we'll, we'll take it, obviously. But right now, the next few years are about um, really just becoming an international superstar. That, that's what I want to do. I want to build a brand. Um, I want to go out there, put on some dominant performances. So Aries, uh, it's a break into the European and African market for me. It's pretty very untapped. From there, I'd like to even go break into the Asian market a little bit, uh, sure. see where I'm at. Um, like I said, the average age of a UFC heavyweight is 34. I'm 28. So right. realistically, if I get signed back at 34, I, I've still got probably four more years of my career after that. So 100%. Well, I'm, I'm going wherever, you know, whoever pays me the best, whatever's the best experience for me right now is going to allow me to travel connect more with fans and, you know, really build a platform for myself, not just for now, but for life after fighting as well. Yeah, definitely. We actually will talk about uh, life after fighting here and a couple more questions, but this next one is, uh, again, you, you're very young in your career. Like we just talked about, do you have a favorite moment thus far? Like that one poignant moment in these previous eight fights where you were like, fuck yeah, this is what I was meant to do. This was the shit. This was what I uh, envisioned happening. Like just your favorite standout moment of your young career thus far. You know, it was actually uh, in the the build up to my last fight. Those uh, those last three days into my last fight, you know, where I'm doing the media stuff, I'm doing the interviews. I get back there, you know, I've got my my black fight kit. Um, you know, fighting in my hometown, seeing that crowd, the weigh in moment, uh, the the official or the uh, the media weigh in for yeah, that. Yeah probably that moment where uh it just all came together and i was really just overwhelmed with happiness uh, that's the only time i've been walking into a into a fight just all smiles afterwards um even after the fight you know i was sad for like a day day or two but you know it's it's just been a uh, an amazing experience really very cool, man. Uh, it's not often that I come across a pro fighter with a degree in computer science. Do you see yourself pursuing that in, in your post-fighting career, possibly, as something you maybe would want to go back into, or you kind of feel like, been there, done that, uh, I'm, I'm probably going to be going to something else? Uh, I'm probably going to be going to something else, actually. So the thing about uh, the computer science industry is uh, pretty much at the, at the rate of data evolution and things like that and, and <coughs> software, hardware. The stuff that you learn is, is pretty much obsolete in three years, right? Uh, my main programming language was was Java, and now we're like nobody uses that. Java's really good for writing uh, a few apps here or there, but that's that's about the extent of that. So I don't see that being something. If I were to go do some post grad work in there, I would have to pretty much relearn everything that I learned in uh, in my undergrad stuff, which I, I don't want to do. Right. Uh, ultimately, I think I will, um, if I were to go into that industry, it would be in the sales side of things to, you know, kind of bridge the gap between 
you know, the common person and the and the computer nerd. So right. we can, you know, sell some stuff. But <laughs> yeah. uh, I think the next thing will be for me is uh, I'm probably going to try and get an MBA at about 31, 32. I'll, I'll go back and get my MBA. And then uh, from there, I'll probably get a PhD in, uh, in something that's always interested me. Either I'm really into philosophy, so I'd either do uh, something with the psych- psychology side of things or maybe even uh, delve into some you know, pre-law work. That's great, and that's actually a perfect transition into my next question, Juan. The uh, we all have ups and downs in our in our career, especially when we choose to make fighting our profession. Uh, have you come across some techniques to kind of help motivate yourself after you know how you feel after a loss or after a, a letdown of some sort? Have you had any or learned any techniques that kind of have been a good way to motivate you out of that? Yeah, man. For me, it's really just taking things one day at a time. Um, you know, I, I write down those those losses and I, I list them as failures. And it's a reminder that, you know, I don't want to feel that way again. Uh, the weird thing about fighting is, you know, everyone has, you know, their deepest fears and um, things that they hold close to their chest. Uh, for us, if you're in the limelight, it's very public. You don't get your failures and your triumphs are not private at all. So. For me, that was the worst thing that could happen to me, getting, a, you know, finished quickly on national TV or in front of millions of people. And now it's happened. Uh, it's happened to me twice. So um, it's it's one of those things where I've experienced it now um, and I know how to handle it. You can't just hole up. Uh, you know, the, the, the failure was public. How I handle it has to be public. And uh, so I, I let everyone know what I'm going through all the time and, you know, that that helps me get through it just by sharing my story, sharing what uh, what's going through my head, how I'm coping with it, and uh, but for me, just getting right back to work is probably the best thing for me. That's that's outstanding, one, and I know what you, what you just said. You said how much it helps you to do it, but I assure you, there are a lot of people listening now and who have heard your other. Uh, interviews or here whenever you speak that really take that to heart and so you actually are helping people who are also going through the same kind of deals maybe not in the same realm as fighting but you know just the general ups in life some downs so we all certainly appreciate that uh our very last question as i like to say we're careening towards the end we are in the 10th round of 10 rounds with rhino the very last question is a fun one uh you've been given carte blanche Juan, to create a concert just for you and your friends and family you could pick any three bands or three musical artists of your choice. They can be from the past, they can be from the present, any genre of music. You get three choices. Who are they? Okay, so for that one, I'm going um, Black Michael Jackson. <laughs> That's a, that'd be the first one. Uh, you gotta have the Black Michael. You cracked up my um, engineer big time on that one, dude. <laughs> he's, he's, he's rolling over there. <laughs> so yeah, we got uh, we got the Black Michael. I'd, uh, I'd love to see... Um, Freddie Mercury, so Queen, sure. uh, in them just because he was, you know, a musical genius. And uh, the last one is gonna is gonna throw some people off, I know, but um, I want to see Lil Dicky in concert, man. He's, okay. he's hilarious. He's like my favorite rapper, <laughs> right? right now. Okay, that's totally cool, dude. That what a fun, like, what an eccentric lineup that would be, man. My God, <laughs> that, would be, yeah. that would be amazing. Um, so, yeah, dude, that's actually going to conclude our interview today. I really want to let you know how much I appreciate you taking the time to be on with us, Juan. And uh, we definitely, like I tried to ask all my guests, we love that you, we came on this time, but we'd love to check in with you again after your next fight. So if that's cool with you, after you make your Aries debut, we'd love to have you on again, sir. Yeah, for sure, man. I'm down. 
How cool was that, dude? Juan the Kraken Adam, somebody I've been watching for a pretty long time. I loved watching him come up in the LFA. It was very, very interesting to get a hold of him today. And uh, here's his answers for my questions, which I know some are very fight-related and some are kind of obscure and off the wall, but he rolled with all of them, man. So what a cool interview. Can't wait to see what he does over at Aries. Can't wait to see the kind of talent that Aries puts out and the production value and everything else. I'm very interested in that. So, yeah, let's stay tuned for Aries Fighting Championships. So now we're going to head to our shout-outs section of the show uh, for the hashtag Rhino Gang. I'd like to say hash brown Rhino Gang. My homies Shane Tara. Jim and Dave Fretz with Judah for their call-in questions. My dudes, Mr. B, Gator, Ken, Juice from the Fighting With Myself podcast, Phil, the MMA dude from the Split Decision podcast, my man Mike from Woe TV and the WoeCast, my dude Antonio, who <laughs> we had a little bit of beef yesterday just in, in a joking way. Because he said he listened to the show, but that he didn't know who I was picking for the main ones. I'm like, so you didn't listen to the show? And so he was like, I listened to everything but the end. It was really funny. So big shout out to you, Antonio. You're, you're always on board, man, with the Rhino gang. My homie, Serious King, Ryan, Mixed the Man, and to the ladies, G from OTV, Deja, Chelsea and Delilah from the TKO podcast, Laura Purple Pants, Pokemama, Pixie, Lanta. Lanta Brown, I cannot wait. I ordered your book. I know you know that, but I'm telling the rest of the world, I ordered your book. I cannot wait to read it. It's coming in a few days. I'm so stoked for it. Drea, I'm sorry, Drea. <laughs> there were no writing, no writing questions for today for me to have you because Drea was going to read the questions today. We had Drea, uh, we had writing questions. So, Drea, I'm sorry, homie. Maybe next week, dude. Um, maybe I'll get it out a little bit earlier so maybe people can know to write in. That's probably falls on my shoulders as most things do. Uh, Ashley, the MMA nerd, and everybody else, man, we've had a lot of new followers to the show. Please check out the podcast. We really, really, Really appreciate it. So really, from my core, love all you guys. Shout out to the engineer, D. Reigns. Shout out to everybody who uh, put together such a great performance between JJ and Wiley Zhang last night. And by everybody, I mean their trainers, their family, their friends. I mean, everything you guys did played a part in the epic saga that we got to see last night. And I thank you for it. So thank you for everybody for tuning in. And we will check you out next week, Cage Side. 